Attention nerds! If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire The Riley and Kimmy Show! The Riley and Kimmy Show! And welcome to this freaky episode of The Riley and Kimmy Show. That's right, it's a freaky episode because it's a flashback kind of day. And because it's a freaky flashback kind of day, we have a freak in the studio. It's... Janet! I got one name! Janet! Hi, I'm your host, Patrick Riley. Oh, yes, I'm going insane, especially because it's a flashback. Freaky Friday, and next to me is somebody who's not insane. She is a freak. She's a Yes, she is, and she is our freak. That's right. Hello, freak. How are you doing, Kimmy? Hello. And how are you? Great. It's uh, Friday. Uh, it's what? It's Friday. It's Friday. Friday. I'm free again. I got my motor running for a wild weekend. It's Friday. Friday. I'm out of control. Forget the work and blues and let the good times It's the TGIF edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. If you happen to be listening on the day it's uploaded, it is a freaky Friday and a flashback Friday combined. We guarantee to be going back in time on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Please stick around with us after trivia. That is if Kimmy plays it. We will have a special spotlight, something that we will definitely be flashbacking on a tribute on this edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Kimmy, how are you on this flashback Friday? Still doing awesome. That's good. Glad to hear that. Are you getting ready for the weekend? Oh, yeah. What plans do you have for me for this weekend? Um, It's a secret. Okay. Well, you can find out more by following us on social media. That's right. That's the best way to stay in tune. You know, it's like one of those old fan club kind of things. Uh, but it, it's far more friendly than that. Kimmy used to belong to some fan clubs. I think you belonged to ABBA, right? Um... No, if they had it was Captain and Tennille. Well, you belonged. Captain and Tennille. I did. Yeah, I know. I, know, I remember that. And they didn't update you that the Captain and I, Tennille got divorced. No, they didn't. Uh, yeah, they, 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 no, she no. didn't. She didn't know. She was shocked. She learned that here on the Riley and Kimmy show. Mm-hmm. So sort of like an old fan club thing that works better. It's a lot far more friendly. You can find out where we will be appearing at. Opportunities to win. And by the way, yes, there will be a very big thing we'll be appearing at this month. You can find out more. On our social media pages. Also, daily updates of shows and pop culture related information. And it's a wide world we cover. It's not just one thing. It's a wide world with a heavy emphasis on nostalgia and retro. You can listen to the show any day of the week. Matter of fact, you can listen to a Friday show on a Tuesday or Wednesday. It can be all kinds of crazy stuff if you like to do that. Maybe freaky. You don't have to just listen to them on Fridays. And they're available every single day. You can get the updates on our social media sites or by going to our website we have all the shows archived right back to the very first one you can take us anywhere easily on planet earth on iHeartRadio, itunes or soundcloud those platforms available on our website with celebrity interviews we've done pop culture stories and more what is our website kimmy rileyandkimmy.com find archived podcasts 
of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. I'm Patrick Riley. I'm Kimmy. We're The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. We're available for your next event in Florida. Please consider The Riley and Kimmy Show for your pop culture or nostalgia-based events. Art shows. Exhibitions. Festivals. Grand openings. Home and garden shows. Car shows. Collectible shows. Conventions. Animal and pet-related events. Let us promote your event with customized commercials and interviews. Live on-site promotions and podcasts. Please contact us on Facebook messenger all communications kept confidential pop culture escapism the riley and kimmy show the riley and kimmy show Shall we play a game? That is a big question on this flashback Friday. Does Kimmy want to go back in time? Challenge your brain cells with a thrilling game of pop culture trivia. What say you? Of course. All right, Kimmy, going to go back in time. We have to warn you the timeline may or may not be running in chronological order. Regardless, help Kimmy out with answers. She actually believes in time travel answers. I think that's freaky. She says it works. You can help her out by talking to, whispering to, or possibly yelling at whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. It could be anything. Because you can take us anywhere on planet Earth. That's right. Laptop, desktop, tablet, smartphone, and other computing devices. Very first question we have for you, Kimmy, is in the world of cinema. It was on this date in history. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences was founded. You know, the people that give out the Academy Awards, the Oscars. Mm-hmm. What decade did this happen? Was this the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, or 1950s? 1930s? It was the 1920s. It was 1927 when that was done. The year is 1956. This recording artist has his first entry on the British charts. Tell me the name of the song. Here is your clue, Kimmy. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street. That... What is the name of that hit? Heartbreak Hotel. Heartbreak Hotel. Well, I'll be, I'll be just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be just a lonely. I could die. And who is that? Elvis. That's right. His first entry on the British charts on the state, 1956. Did somebody help you with that, or did you know that one? I knew that. I have a feeling you'll need help on this next one. The year is 1963. This song peaks at number two. Tell us who the recording group is. Lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. Kimmy, first of all, what is the name of that hit record? Puff the Magic Dragon. Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. Kimmy, can you tell me who had that as a hit? 
Peter, Paul, and Mary. Now, did somebody help you out with that in the time tunnel thingy? Nope. All right, 1964, this single is released. Tell me the name of the hit. I'm getting bugged driving up and down the same old strip. I gotta find a new place where the kids are hip. Can you tell me the name of that song? Get Around. I get around 1964. Who had that as a hit? The Beach Boys. That's right. Wouldn't it have been cool to go, well, at least go back in time to 1964 about that time period and be in like a Daytona Beach area and, you know, hear that song playing on the mm. beach and what that was like and everything? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. But leave. Don't want to stay there <laughs> in that time, I mean. Moving to 1968, this song is released. The recording artist was the first to record this song. On this date in history, he was the first. His version peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 and number four on the British charts. You will need help on this. You know the song, but I don't think you know this version. Rain was never waiting for us, girl. It ran one step ahead as we followed in the dance. It's MacArthur Park by whom? Um, I knew the name of the song. I don't know the artist. That's Richard Harris. The year is 1968. That was a number two hit on Billboard Hot 100, but I don't think you ever heard it on oldie stations or classic hit stations. For some reason, it was one of those well, probably because they used to test a lot of music, especially back in the 90s and into the 80s, to see if people wanted to hear it or not. Mm. So it probably ended up on the test, you know, cutting room floor. They went, no, nah, nah, not, not that one. Moving to 1969, this British comedy troupe is formed. It's made up of oh, Graham Chapman and John Cleese and others. Can you tell me the name of that comedy troupe? Monty Python. Monty Python's a flying circus. Did you ever watch that, Kimmy? No. You never watched Monty Python? Uh-uh. Wasn't allowed in your house, or did they not air that in your area? I, I, I don't recall it being aired. Okay. Moving to the 70s. It's 1974. This song hits number seven on the Billboard pop charts. It is associated with a movie, Kimmy. The title of the piece is not the movie. I will give you that much of a clue. We're looking for the title of the single and if you can tell us the movie it's from that's bonus points and we know you can't tell us who did it that's impossible help give me out we need two of three questions if she can actually tell us who did this that's remarkable here's your clue
Kimmy, can you identify the title, the true title of this piece? Tubular Bells. Ooh, you're better than I thought. Or did somebody shout that out to you I through knew, the timeline? I knew that. All right, what movie is it associated with? The Exorcist. That's correct. Can you tell us who recorded Tubular Bells? I cannot. Uh, we're not holding that one. That was like an impossible trivia question. That's Mike Oldfield. Song hit number seven on this date on the pop charts. I remember listening to WLS in Chicago, and that would scare me to death when it came on because I was living in what I thought was a haunted house at the time. And somebody had taken me, and I was very little and should not have been taken to. Somebody snuck me into a drive-in movie theater for The Exorcist when it came out. And that was actually a cruel thing to have done because I lived in what I perceived and believed to be a haunted house. Mm. So when that music kicked on on the big 89... Oh, but you wanted to see it, right? No. No? No, I had no. No, no, I had no, no. I think I, because I was reading Fangoria and other type magazines that dealt with movie making and things like that, I think it probably was Fangoria I'd read or something. I had no desire to see the film. Mm. And I had gotten hold of the book that it was based on, even though I shouldn't have, and I read it. I knew what was coming. I Mm. did not want to see this. Mm. And... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I was taken to it by somebody who was basically my pseudo father. Thank you, pseudo father. <laughs> Great mentor. Yeah, uh, a tour mentor, I guess. The year we're staying in, 1974. This song is released. Tell me the name of the hit. I thought a little wild time had just begun. I guess you kind of scared yourself. You turn and run. If you have a change of heart What is the name of that hit? Ricky, don't lose that number Ricky, don't lose that number You don't want to call nobody else And who had that as a hit in 1974? Steely Dan Yeah, that's correct The year's 1975 This person releases her debut album It wins two Grammys One of the singles hits number six on the Billboard Hot 100 Here it is Tell me who the recording artist is The album it's off of is Inseparable. The single was This Will Be. The album came out on this date. Who is the recording artist? Natalie Cole. You're right. The year is 1981. This composer's musical, Cats, premieres in London. Who is the composer? Um, You're going to need help here. He did Phantom of the Opera. That's another one. Um, Three names, Kimmy. Mm-mm. Andrew? Nope. Lloyd? Weber? Yeah. We marked that down as a miss, though. Moving to the next next one. The year is 1985. This single hits number one. Tell us the name of the song. I see you through the smoky air. Can't you feel the weight of my stare? You're so close, but still a world away. What I'm dying to say is that I'm... What is the name of that hit? Crazy for you. Crazy for you. I just feel warm that you know it's true. I never wanted anyone like this. It's all brand new. You feel it in my head. 
had that as a hit, Kimmy. Madonna. That's right. It was on this date in 1989, the 217th and final episode of this TV drama airs. Tell me the name of the TV show. Can you tell me the name of this movie? It's about rich people, Kimmy. Dynasty? Uh, yeah, the TV show. That's what I meant. Yeah, TV show. I think I called it a movie. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it is a TV show, Dynasty. It finished 1989. Did you ever watch Dynasty? No. That's why it died in 1989, I guess. You weren't watching it's it. It's my fault. Yeah, well, you weren't even able to change the TV channels at that time period. You were too little. The year is 2001. It is wedding time. Celebrity wedding time, that is. Actress Suzanne Plachette, at the age of 64, marries this actor who is 79 years old. Here is a clue before I give it to you, Kimmy. According to the USA Today, this actor appeared in more sitcoms than any other actor. Any idea who it might be? No. Here's your audio clue. Tell me who Suzanne Plachette married on this date. Hi, Dick. It's me, George Utley. Oh. It's sure nice to see some things never change. Can you tell me who that is? Tom Poston? Yes, they married in 2001. I did not know that. They had worked together in the past. He was a recurring guest star on the Bob Newhart show in the 70s, and she was the one of the series stars. And later... She appeared as a guest star once on the Newhart show, which he was a star of. Now, long before they worked together on TV, Poston and Plachette had been involved romantically back to 1959. Do the math. She was quite young when they acted together on Broadway. Now, during 40 years time period, they married other people. And when both, when both their spouses passed on, they kind of hooked up again and remained married until his death in 2007. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an odd one there, isn't it? Yeah. Moving to a different section of trivia. <music> Celebrity and notables born on this date in history, Kimmy. This painter, this artist, this surrealist artist, born 1904. His most famous piece of work, probably The Persistence of Memory, done in 1931, sometimes referred to as melting clocks, the soft watches, or melting watches. All that's wrong. It's actually called The Persistence of Memory. Who is the artist? Salvador Dali. That's correct. Now, if you want to hear, see a bizarre interview, I mean, it is strange. Back in the 1950s, Mike Wallace interviews Salvador Dali. It is quite trippy. Here is Salvador's voice. Here is Mike Wallace for a few seconds. Let's take a look at one of your major paintings. It's called Sleep. There it is now on the monitor. What's the point of this picture? Is there any point? This is very important because uh, myself work constantly in the moment of sleep. Every of my best ideas coming through my dreams in the more Dalinian activity consists in this moment of sleep. In other words, you conceive a good deal of your... The more important things happen in the moment of myself sleep. It is trippy. Mike Wallace, actually, I don't think he even understands who he's interviewing. And, you know, Salvador, definitely brilliant. And it is a fun interview to see. Be 
be respectful because of the time period and everything. You know, it was kind of rough to watch. It wasn't done with technology of today. That's available on you know certain streaming sites. You can find that. That's Mike Wallace and Salvador Dali. Moving back to questions, give me this actor or this comedian, this entertainer, born 1911. See if you can identify who he is. He did star in his own TV show from 1955 to 1959. It was under his name. You know him probably for guest appearances on certain shows. He was on the Beverly Hillbillies from 1969 to 1970. He was not a cast member. Well, he, he appeared a lot. He got a lot of credit between 69 and 70. He played Shifty Schaefer, otherwise known as Honest John. But I know you really know him for Gilligan's Island. He played Harold Hecuba. Hold it. Now, what's going on here? I just wanted to show you what a versatile actress I am, Mr. Hecuba. Couldn't you see me starring in your new movie? Oh, you've got to be kidding. With that phony dialect and that overacting in a Harold Hecuba production... Like the man said when he backed into the stove, that's a hot one. <laughs> I bring you bread. I bring you bread. It's too hot. Gimme, can you tell me who that is? Phil Silvers? Yes, and the Phil Silvers show was his. He played uh, Sergeant Bilko. And his voice was used for a couple of cartoons, Kimmy. Can you tell me the one big one that Dawes Butler used his voice for in a Hanna-Barbera cartoon? Actually, a series of cartoons. Um, Huckleberry Hound? No, no, that's not Huckleberry. It's Hokey Wolf. Yes, Ding-a-ling, if that is your name. It's just looking around, Ding. I never saw that place before, Ding. World traveler that I am. Uh, let's have a closer look. Ding boy, we found a genuine gingerbread house. Yes, that's right. And maybe there's a witch inside, too. <laughs> that's Dawes Butler uh, doing his uh, Phil Silvers. Many people think Phil Silvers actually did Hokey Wolf. And also, you're a fan of Top Cat, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Top Cat's voice is, well, Arnold Stang, the, the voice actor, actually imitates Silver's voice for the character Top Cat. And actually, Top Cat's kind of based on Bilko, the Sergeant Bilko character. Moving to the next person born on this date, 1912, actor, comedian. Tell me who it is. I don't know, really. No kidding. Did, did anybody see us? Anybody else besides me see a snake? Snake. <laughs> <laughs> really? What? Really? What? One here. And a baboon and a gorilla. A gorilla. <laughs> uh, you you know the strange it's, it's strange that it would happen. <laughs> But just a, a few, not just a very few weeks ago, our sister, sister-in-law of mine, uh, who happens to be, come from, Buff- my wife comes from Buffalo. What son of a I thought I got the last one. <laughs> I wish I'd have known I had a choice. Kimmy, can you tell me who that is? Foster Brooks. Yes, you probably know him for what? what didn't he? Wasn't he on like Hollywood Squares and stuff like that? Wasn't he one mm. of the? He wasn't the center he of Square, would, I don't think, but I think he was on that. And he was he, on Carson. He was on the um, Dean Martin Rose. Oh yes, yes, yeah. and Carson. And mm-hmm. if you have a sharp eye, he appears on an episode of Adam Twelve as a mm. driver of a car. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's one to check out. I I don't know if his humor holds up today at mm. all. I have no clue. Next individual born, 1920, Kimmy, actor, films, 
actor, appeared in film and television. He's known for, well, this character on The Andy Griffith Show. Tell me who it is. He played Briscoe Darling Jr. <laughs> He's promised. Private First Class Dudley A. Walsh, U.S. of A. Army. Honorably discharged. Well, that's fine. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I don't want to sound Private like First Class is coming in on the morning bus. <laughs> oh, I see, and you folks are in town to meet him, are you? News sure does travel fast, don't it? <laughs> no, I didn't hear it anywhere. I just... <clears throat> Never mind, it ain't that important. It is now, to her. Their betrothal's been pledged since they was five. Well, that's fine. So don't I... go making any fancies for us. <laughs> well, that's the furthest thing from my mind. Your words say no, but your eyes say yes. <laughs> Kimmy, he played in Grizzly Adams. He played uh, Mad Jack on that. And he was Jesse Duke, the, you know, Uncle Jesse on the Dukes of Hazard. Who is it? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know Denver. I, I don't know. You don't know Denver Pyle? That's oh. Denver, Denver Pyle. Born in the state 1920, died 1997. At the age of 77, moving to the next person, Eric Burden. Kimmy, why is he famous? He is 77 today. He's a singer? Yes. Can you tell me for whom? Um, the birds? Baby, do you understand me now? Sometimes I feel a little mad. But don't you know that no one alive can always be an angel? When things go wrong, I seem to be bad. It's not the birds. Can you tell me the name of the band? Mm, One no. more clue, Kimmy. There is a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. And it's been the ruin of many a In God, I know I won. What band was he part of? The Animals. That's right. That's Eric Burden celebrating his 77th birthday. He was lead singer. And by the way, ranked number 57 in the Rolling Stones list of the 100 greatest singers of all time. Next birthday. Best known as one of the original VJs on MTV. Tell me who it is. That is Asia, Heat of the Moment. Their single doing real, real well. Top five in the charts. I have been lucky enough to be able to see Pink Floyd, The Wall. It's an incredible movie. Bob Geldof, lead singer for the Boomtown Rats, is turning into, I think he's going to be having quite an acting career. He was unbelievable. And one lucky winner and a guest will win airfare to London on MTV, spending three days in a hotel. I mean, I mean, you can go outside of the hotel and everything, but we'll put you up three days in a hotel. And tickets to see Pink Floyd, The Wall, on July 14th. Prizes include $300 spending money plus Walkmans and Pink Floyd cassettes. 100 runners-up will receive a copy of the Wall soundtrack on Columbia Records, as well as a copy of the Wall of the Wall book. And it's a lot of great stuff. You must be over 18 to enter, so keep watching for details and send in your postcards because you could be a lucky, and that's a real lucky winner. Kimmy, can you identify who that is? The year's 1982. Martha Quinn? Yes. How old is she today within five years? Uh, 
55. She's 59 today. Tell me the other original VJs of MTV. Who is she with? Uh, Nina Blackwood. Yes. Um, um, I don't. Mark Goodman. Mark Goodman. Can you do one more? Uh-uh. Alan Hunter and J.J. Jackson. Yeah. I see dead people. Notable deaths. Famous people who passed away on this date in history. Musician, singer, dies 1981, dies of brain and lung cancer at the age of 36. Who is it? Can you tell me who it is? Bob Marley? That's right, Kimmy. We think you did a fantastic job on this Flashback Friday. Thank you. We're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about with the golden age of radio. Radio was new. Radio. Someone still loves you. We mentioned moments ago that actor Phil Silvers was born on this date, 1912. He was no stranger to the golden age of radio. We have a fantastic example. It's not a comedy. It's a suspenseful thriller kind of production. It's called The Swift Rise of Eddie Albright. The plot, an elevator operator gets involved with big-time gangsters. And the elevator operator just happens to be Phil Silvers. Here's our tribute to Phil Silvers. Golden Age of Radio Production from 1947, The Swift Rise of Eddie Albright on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Up car, please. Good morning, Mr. Griffin. Good morning. Get back in the car, please. Well, good morning, Miss Wainwright. Hello, Eddie. Good morning, Miss Kittredge. Take away, Eddie. That's all, please. Watch the doors, please. Two, Well, that's the way it is with me all day long, see? I got my ups and downs, like they say. But I like it that way, see? Because I'm not going to be doing this forever. I'm not even going to be doing it very much longer at all. Because I got a job as an assistant to Mr. Garvey, the building manager. And the way I handle my car and my customers, I'm going to be a cinch to get it. In fact, I am so much a cinch that I have told Millie that that's what I am already. Millie is the manicurist at the elite barbershop down on Lexington. And three, four times a week on my off hour, I jump out of my uniform and into my street clothes and go down there and get a manicure. I sort of got Millie staked out, see? And that's where I am on this day when all this happens. Down there getting a manicure from Millie. I say that you've got real nice hands, though, Mr. Albright. Real swan gay. Well, you see, for a man in my position... But I will also say that you don't really have to have them cared for quite so often. Oh, that... I mean, I wouldn't tell that to everyone, but some of my customers, I like to give my very best professional advice, you know? Well, maybe I... Just let your hand relax, Mr. Albright. Yeah. Well, maybe I know that. Maybe I got my reason. Mr. Albright, I can't imagine what kind of reasons you Look, with a guy like me, nobody has to stand on many ceremonies, see? For instance, all my friends call me Eddie. Really? Sure, Mr. Garvey and everybody. Just like I call you Millie. 
That's all right, isn't it? Oh, well, sure, but but me calling a customer, but, well, it, it makes a difference, you is, know. Is that all I am? Just another customer? You must hold your hand still, Mr. Albright. Yeah, sure. But what I mean, just because I hold a slightly higher position than somebody else, that don't make any difference to me. That's my idea of democracy. Everybody is just as good as anybody else. Of course, unless you're a millionaire or something. Oh, well, what's so special about a millionaire? I got a customer that's a millionaire, and his hands aren't nearly as swan gay as yours. Well, what I mean is, I'm not quite in that class yet. But I wish you would call me Eddie. Well, you know, I was thinking about you. Honest? Once or twice. I mean, you're quite young to be holding a position of assistant manager of a big building like the Dunbar Building. Well, I started at the bottom, of course, but there's little tricks in getting to the top, just like in everything else. Gee, I wished I knew some. Well, take me, for instance. You know how I got where I am? Remembering names and faces, that's all. Yeah? Yes, sir. When I was just merely an elevator operator... Remembering names? You mean a little thing like that can get you to A the... little thing like that? Listen, how do you suppose Jim Farley got where he is today? Where is he? I don't know where he is right now, but that's how he got to be Postmaster General. Just remembering names and faces. Just one little thing, that's all. Well, I don't know. He must have had some kind of other abilities. I mean, he must have been a bug on stamps or something. Oh, Kevin, look at that cuticle. Well, maybe one, two little things, but that was the main thing. Now take me, for instance. Oh, oh I'm sorry, Eddie, but you've got to keep your hands still, you oh, know. Oh, that's okay, Millie. Forget it. But I was just trying to show you something in the paper. See this picture? Yeah. Frankie the Nose Maddox, former New York gangster who escaped from Atlanta six months ago, believed to be in city. Oh, sure, I saw that this morning. Yeah, so did I. And when I saw it, I said to myself, Eddie, you, Eddie Albright, you've seen this guy somewhere before. And just like that, I remembered. Oh, well, I bet I could remember an ugly mug like that. Yeah, but suppose you only seen him three, four times, and it was two, three years ago. And he was always with a whole lot of other people. <gasps> Eddie, you mean you know Frankie Maddox? No, but I took him up in my car. Uh, <gasps> that was when I was just merely an elevator operator. Uh. I took him up three, four times. There's a rich guy named Ellinger lives in a penthouse on top of our building, and I took him up there. And that was two, three years ago. But right away I remembered, recalled the face. Oh, I guess that is pretty good, all right. Sure, that's the kind of thing that got me where I am. Yeah, well, some people are lucky, I guess. Well, I don't know. But some people that are lucky like to share their luck with other people. Ever stop to think about that? Well, I'm quite sure I don't know what you mean. Well, take you and me, for example. What? Maybe we could be lucky together. I mean, maybe you and me could go out to dinner and the theater some night. Really? Oh, gee, that'd be awful nice. Well, how about tonight? Tonight? Well, I don't know. I... Well, I guess I could make it tonight. Okay, now where do I well, meet? Well, well, well. So this is where you spend all your oh, time. No. Oh, hello, Alex. <laughs> Millie, uh, I just remembered something important. I gotta go. Yeah, but I... Eddie, I haven't finished. What's yet. your hurry? You might at least introduce the little lady to your boss. No, no, oh, don't say dear. that. Oh uh... dear, then you must be Mr. Garvey. Millie, well, I'm sure not... I'm pleased to meet you, Mr. Garvey. <laughs> Say, what's this guy been telling you? No, I, no, well, Millie, I really I, don't see what's so funny. No, All it's I know not... is that Mr. Albright here what? is Mr. Garvey's personal assistant in the Dunbar building. <laughs> I... Is that what he told Look, you? Look, Alex, <laughs> can I just... Oh, Eddie, I'm ashamed. How could you do such a thing to such a cute little lady? Eddie Albright, you going to sit there and let this man talk to me? He like... better sit there because I am his boss. Millie, look. I'm cheap starter on the Dunbar elevators, and little Eddie here is operator number 23. <gasps> Eddie. And when I say go, he goes. And when I say stay, he stays. Millie, no. Look, Millie, I gotta I go, but I... haven't finished your hand, Mr. Albright. Oh, Millie, let's not be bitter. 
Well, goodbye. Well, you can imagine how that made me feel. I felt lower in the third basement. And what made it worse, it was all true, what I told Millie. I all except the little part about being Mr. Garvey's assistant. But I did remember faces. I was going to get to the top. I was there already, practically. But all I could think of was how I could get even with that starter, that Alex Henderson, without having him fire me. And pretty soon he came back, and I just didn't speak to him. I didn't even look at him. But I can see him grinning all over that ugly puss of his every time he looks at me. And then I see him looking serious and going over to talk to some guys that just came in that I recognize as plain clothes did. And then they separate and sort of hang around the lobby trying to look as though they aren't there. And I figure I'll bide my time to get to that, Alex. So pretty soon I mosey over to where he is. Well, 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 if it isn't Mr. Albright. Okay, okay, you had your fun. What are all the dicks doing in the lobby? Well, now, I wouldn't tell everyone, but, of course, an important man like you... Oh, lay off, can't you? What's going on? They had a tip Frankie Maddox was heading for this building. Frankie Maddox? Yeah. Friend of yours? Well, I know what he looks like. I took him up to the penthouse three, four times. Two, three years ago. I never forget. Yeah? Who was with him? General MacArthur? Now, look, I'm not kidding. I'd remember him any place. Well, why don't you just go over and speak to the lieutenant over there? Okay, I will. Get back on your car. But, Alex... Get back on your... Well, 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 look who's coming in the door. Our girlfriend. Our girlfriend? Oh, listen, Alex, I can take just... How do you do, Miss O'Malley? Oh, well, I'm quite well, thank you, Mr. Henderson. Hello, Millie. I wonder if you could have one of your boys take me up to the penthouse. We got a call at the shop a little while ago from Mr. Ellinger. He wanted a manicure sent up. Why, sure, Miss O'Malley, the last car there. Thank you very kindly, Mr. Henderson. Eddie, take the young lady up to the penthouse. Right away. Look sharp. Millie. The penthouse, please. Now, listen, Millie. I can explain all what I and said. And I do not wish to engage in any unnecessary conversation with the help, Mr. Albright. Oh, Millie. That guy's jealous, that's all. He knows when that job comes up, I'm a cinch for it, and he won't stand a chance. Huh? He's just trying to get the knife for me, that's all. <laughs> and that job is coming up, and I'm going to get it. Any day now. You'll see. <laughs> oh, Millie. Give me a break. You said yourself it didn't matter even if a guy was a millionaire. I am a very democratic person, Mr. Albright. I have no objection at all to a man being an elevator operator whatsoever. But I do object to his being a big phony. Mm -hmm. I believe this is my floor. Good day, Mr. Albright. Millie. Uh... Hold it, bud. Huh? You heard him hold it. I'm sorry, but you gentlemen can't bring that carpet down on this car. You'll have to take the freight elevator. Shut up. Now, listen. Get in there. All right, easy now. Okay, stand up, uh, stand it up in that corner. Well, of course, if you gentlemen insist. Okay, that'll do it. Our policy is to give prompt and courteous service to all the occupants of this building. Okay, However, but the regulation... start down. But it's against regulations. Start down. Yes, sir. But it's against regulations to carry furniture in the passenger cars. And a big carpet like that. Now, what about a big carpet like that? Well... It's furniture. Well, what do you know? Sonny Boy here thinks this is furniture. Well, it ain't furniture, you see, Sonny Boy? Well, the regulations Shut are specific. Um, yes, sir. What floor, sir? The basement. Yes, sir. Which basement? You ain't trying to be funny, are you, Sonny Boy? No, sir, but we have three basements in this building. They all got like stairs up to the street? 
Yeah, they have stairs, but it is. Take us to the first one you come to. Yes, sir. But the building regulations. Oh, shut up! Yes, sir. Well, like I say, we believe in giving prompt and courteous service. So I wasn't going to argue with anybody, particularly anybody as big and tough as these two guys look. They wanted to take a carpet to the basement. Well, there's no skin off my knees. It was a big carpet, all right. It was rolled up, and they had it standing in the corner between them. And I glanced at it, just casual-like. And then I saw something that made my skin come up in goosebumps all over. Sticking out of the bottom of that carpet was a pair of feet. Hey! Those guys had a dead body in that carpet. Well, when I saw those two tough guys had a body rolled up in that carpet, I just stood there at the controls of my car and tried to keep my knees from knocking until we got down to the first basement. Is this the basement? Huh? I say, is this the basement? Oh, oh, yes, sir. Okay. All right. Let's lift it easy. All right. Can I help you? Uh, no, never mind. Easy. You got it? Oh, okay. Set it down. All right, sonny boy. You can beat it. Yes, sir. And uh, listen, bud. Yes, sir? If I was you, I'd forget I ever seen this uh, carpet. Understand? Yes, sir. What carpet? Well, where you been, big shot? Oh, oh, I had to take a tenant down to, uh, to the to the basement. The basement? Yeah. Somebody from the penthouse wanted uh, wanted to see the super about something. Oh, I see. I thought you was going to stick around and help the cops catch Maddox when he shows up. Okay, Alex, you think I'm kidding, but I do know him. What he looks like. Yeah, with his mug all over the paper, sure. You and a million other people. I mean what he looks like. Since I remember he's a medium-sized small guy about my size. Oh, a shrimp. All right, but you wait. If that guy comes into this building, I'll spot him and I'll... All right, everybody, all right. Just stand right where you are, please. That's the lieutenant. It must be Maddox. Maddox. Now, there's no danger, folks. No danger. We're just trying to locate somebody. Say, I gotta go. You stay here. I just remembered a party up on the 15th floor. You stay. But see, I figured the cops had everything under control about this Maddox, and there was no use of my button in until they need me. And so I'm sort of getting my breath and going past the ninth floor before I notice the little guy in the car with me. A nice-looking little guy, and he speaks to me real friendly. What's all the excitement down there? Oh, well, they think some gangster named Maddox is loose in the building somewhere. Do they? Yeah. Maybe it was a good idea we started up and we did, huh? Oh, I don't know. Don't worry me none. What floor? Uh, the, uh, the penthouse, please. Oh, you're looking for Mr. Ellinger. That's right. My girl's up there with him right now. Your girl? Yeah, she's a manicure. Mr. Ellinger sent for her a little while ago for a manicure. Oh. Well, here's your floor. Uh, say, wait a minute before you open those doors. I, uh, got a little proposition to make to you. Uh, proposition? Yeah, you see, Mr. Ellinger's an old pal of mine. He's a great guy for gags. I haven't seen him for quite a while. I want to pull one on him, see? Oh, 
Well, yeah, but... but I want to borrow your uniform. If we just swap coats, that's enough. It'll only take a minute. The whole thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't do anything like that. The regulations... Sure, sure, I know. Uh, would, uh... Would this help? Oh, no, I couldn't. You see, if... A hundred bucks? Sure, with me and Ellinger, it's anything for a gag, and, uh... Like I say, it'll only take a minute. Well, I don't know. But a hundred bucks? Oh, here, go on, take it. Now, give me your coat. Here's mine. Well... You sure it'll only take a minute? That's right. Okay. Here you are. Okay, now let's go. Uh, you better come with me, though, so you can get your coat back and go right on down. See? Yeah, sure. I'll prop the car doors open. I'm sorry. Millie! Eddie Albright, for heaven's sake, now what? Who is she? Oh, that's my, uh, that's Millie that I told you about. Oh, where's Ellinger? Well, I'm sure I don't know, and I've been waiting quite a while, and if I have to wait much longer... You I... sure he's not home? Well, I should be. And if I have to wait much longer, I'm simply going to have to charge him the full rate anyway. And if you're a friend of his, I wish you'd Yeah, sure, him. sure. I'll, uh, I'll I... fix it for you. We'll come in and wait. As for you, Mr. Albright, of course, no business of mine. But if you want to throw away your job and your whole career... I got my I... reasons, Come on. Millie. Well... Yeah, but you said it would only take a minute. Come on, come on. There's another hundred in it for you when you get your coat back. A hundred dollars? See? I told your you. Your boyfriend and I are just pulling a little gag, miss. Boyfriend? Are you implicating that this... Well, I must say, someone has given you the wrong kind of an oppression entirely. Yeah, okay, but you two could do quite a lot with a couple of hundred bucks, couldn't you? Suppose, uh, you wait here in the front room, miss. We'll go on inside. But don't tell Mr. Ellinger we're here. We want to surprise him. Yes, sir, of course. That's two hundred dollars. Listen, I can't wait long, you know. Yes, yeah, sure, I know. In here. Uh, let's, uh, go out on the balcony. Ah, it's nice up here. Yeah, I always wanted a penthouse. You know, with them looking all over for this, uh, Maddox, or uh, whatever his name is, they won't miss you for a while. Yeah, there's that. But boy, I just wish I could lay my hands on that guy. Oh, Maddox? Yeah, boy, if I could just capture him single-handed or something. What's the matter? You got something against the guy? Oh, no, no, Mr. Uh, Mason. No, Mr. Mason, I got nothing against him. But I gotta do something pretty quick. Fooling around with guys like this Maddox could be a little unhealthy, though, couldn't it? Yeah, there's that. But, well, you see, Mr. Mason, I gotta do something for Millie. Uh, I don't know, she seems like a nice kid. She doesn't seem like the kind who'd expect any crazy grandstand plays from a guy. Oh, she wouldn't, Mr. Mason. Millie's the top. She's aces. But you see, well, I already made one and it flopped. It was a terrible flop. Oh, showing off for a dame, huh? Like a little kid. Yeah, I guess so, Mr. Mason. I guess I made an awful fool out of myself. But, well, now I gotta do something to make up for it. Listen, Eddie, a dame that's any good, she doesn't expect anything special of a guy. If she does lay off because she's poisoned, take my word for it, I know. Maybe I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't tried to show off for a dame. Just like you. I was a punk kid. I didn't know any better. Gee, Mr. Mason, I wouldn't say where you are today is so bad. Being able to pass out $100 bills like you do. Yeah. Well, you get older. You see things a little different sometimes. How'd you come to louse it up with her? Well, you see, it began by me telling about this job that I got as assistant to Mr. Garvey, the building manager. Only I don't have it yet. And then Alex. He's the starter. He tips her off. And then I'm trying to explain to her when I bring her up here. Only I don't get a chance because these two mugs get in my car with a what big What two cover. mugs? The two that come from the penthouse here. I guess they're waiting for Mr. Ellinger. And they got a big rolled up carpet. And they want to go down to the basement. And I told them the regulations, but... Gee, 
Maybe I shouldn't be saying this after what they told me. What did they tell you? Well, about the carpet, they said. Carpet. So that's it. Well, I guess it's okay to tell you, Mr. Mason. But I was scared. Well, there was a body in that carpet. Gosh, you don't suppose that's why Mr. Allen... Listen, Eddie, you stay right here, see? But Mr. Mason, I called... You... I'll be back in two minutes, kid. Then you'll be all set. The basement, huh? Yeah, but Mr. Wait, wait, Mr. Mason... You stay here. If you want your coat back. Oh. Well, Mr. Allwright, I see your newfound friend has left you holding the bag. Oh, Millie, I don't know. Everything has gone wrong today. Well, you can't say that your friends or those who were your friends didn't give you fair warning. You mean you're still my friend? I didn't say that. I just hope that Mr. Alex Henderson is your friend when you try to explain to him what happened to your uniform coat. Alex Henderson. Listen, Millie, you don't see anything on that guy, do you? Well, he's just I a common Mr. starter. I think Mr. Henderson is a very high-type gentleman and not a big phony. Him? Why, well, he's the worst. And at least he is not ashamed of his position. He is, too. And seeing that he is your superior, yeah, I Yeah, well, he won't be for that... long. I can tell you that right now. All right, Maddox. Reach. What? Don't try to stall him, Max. Get him up. They got guns. Maddox. Hey, listen, I'm not Maddox. What do you I'm... think you're kidding? We know you've been having a doctor change your face the last six months. And then you think you're going to walk right in here and knock off Ellinger for that 50 grand he took you for. But you're a little late. You know why? Listen, fellas, you got it wrong. Don't you remember? I'll tell you I... why. Because and I... we got tipped off and we got Ellinger out of here in a carpet. How do you like that? You know who is going to get it? You, Maddox. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> hey, look. My girl, she fainted. And she's in luck. Any last words, Maddox? Wait, listen, I'm not Maddox. I'm the elevator boy. I never thought I'd see you crawl, Maddox. Don't you remember? I took you down with the carpet to the basement. Go on, go ahead. I'm getting a big boot out of this. Wait a minute. Maybe he's got something. Come over here, you. Yes, sir. I think it is the elevator punk. That's me, sir. That's right. The elevator punk. That's me. Shut up. What do you think? I don't know. What happened to your uniform, punk? Well, there was a man. He was in my car. All right, turn around and get it. Maddox! What happened those next few minutes, I'll never know. I was down on the floor until the shooting stopped, and then it was awful still. And I opened one eye and looked around, and Mr. Mason, only he was Maddox, I recognized him. And the two mugs were lying on the floor, and they weren't moving either. And then I saw Millie lying there, too, and I rushed over to her. And I took her in my arms, and then she opened her eyes. So I knew she was all right. So I rushed back to Mr. Maddox to see if I can help him. And the kind of he was nice to me, whatever he was. But he was dead all right, I guess. And I took the gun out of his hand, and then all of a sudden, the room was full of people. Cops and Alex Henderson and even Mr. Garvey. And they were all crowding around me, and everybody was saying something different. Uh, it's Maddox, all right, Chief. He's got identification. What happened here? Is that the missing operator, Henderson? That's right, Mr. Garvey. Who's the girl? My officer. He's got a gun in his hand. Uh, Give me that, son. Yes, sir. Well. Say, son, you must have been mixed up in this little party yourself, huh? Where'd you get the gun? Well, Lieutenant... It's Maddox's gun, isn't it? That's right, Chief. That's what must have happened. Maddox gunned the two hoods, and then the kid jumped him. Yeah? Well, that took a lot of courage, son. Is uh, that what happened? Well, sir, I... Go ahead, Eddie. Speak up. Don't be afraid. Oh, no, Mr. Garvey. I'm not afraid. I'm Just perfectly... tell us what happened, son. Well, what happened? Yes, sir. That's what happened, all right. What you said. Uh, Mr. Maddox made me come in here and change clothes with him. And then those two came in and Maddox shot them. And then, well, I just sort of overpowered him. And, and the gun went off and, and he was killed. I know guys on the force wouldn't have dared do that. Eddie! Did she see it? 
I fainted. Well, say, young man, you certainly are to be congratulated. Thanks, Mr. Garvey. Yes, sir, you're the type of man we need on the Dunbar building staff, which uh, reminds me, there's a position as my personal assistant coming open. I think you could fill it. Come and talk to me about it in the morning. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Garvey. Oh, Eddie. Hey, see. Yeah. Look, Maddox, he's alive. So he is. Yeah. He can talk. He can talk? How about it, Maddox? Is that what happened? What, uh, happened? The kid here says you gunned the other two and he overpowered you. And you got it in the struggle for the gun. Is uh, that what happened? The, uh, the kid there overpowered me? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, uh, yeah, the kid just, uh, overpowered me. He's gone. Gosh! The reason I told this, well, Lily and I got married when I got the job of Mr. Garvey, and, well, something pretty important is going to happen pretty soon, and, well, I got to think of what Mr. Maddox said, and, and I told Millie the whole thing, because I didn't want to have a kid who could ever say his old man was a big phony. Hello, Eddie. I mean, uh, good morning, Mr. Albright. Alex? Uh, car three, sir? Uh, take Mr. Albright right up. Oh, thank you, Alex. I've uh, been watching your work. You're doing grand. Grand. Now, just look alive. Well, shall we go? Up, up, quickly, boy. Up. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.